Well, there's no good way to start this. I'm disoriented. I find moving very upsetting, and I always have. I've changed places. I can't really say from where to where. I'll just tell you what happened and show you. Well, not show you, but demonstrate. Uh, this It was about the middle of the week. I was recording saying something stupid and random. This is a podcast. Uh, This is the world's last podcast. I was recording it when I was interrupted. Now that's what I can play for you. Hopefully the interruption comes through. So uh, in the next few minutes, first you'll hear some of my typical nonsense, and then you'll hear uh, complication. I was just thinking about someone saying, you scare the bejesus out of me. That must have been in a movie. Maybe it was in a book. I can't imagine anyone ever said it out loud. You scare the bejesus out of me. Bejesus. I was thought of a little bee with all six of his legs nailed to a, not a cross, but you have to, you have to picture one Long vertical line intersected by three shorter horizontal lines. Kind of like, well, there's no analogy. I mean, you just have to imagine those lines with a B nailed to it. B, Jesus. So that phrase, what's this? What's going on? What? Well, well, hold on for a second. Well, don't hold on. I'll try to... Try to get some of this. Uh, vamos. What? Vamos, vamos. Um, uh, look, look, we have to go now. What? You're coming. You're coming for you now. Wait. Your life is in danger. You speak English? You speak English. I'm not the only one. I think I need an explanation of this. There's no time. There is. I don't need a long explanation, but... Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm from the underground. Never heard of any underground. No. It's underground. Okay. So, well, we needed a ways and certain messages. We thought I could get them are using your show. Oh, thanks for asking. I'm sorry, but yet to be a secret. You couldn't know who I was, and I couldn't seem like I knew he were. Well, what happened? Why not? Nobody listen to this. Come on. Some people listen. Anyway, it has to build. It takes word of mouth. That's fine. But there wasn't time to wait for that. For that. So it didn't work. What's the emergency? Well, even if a few people listen to it, 
if Eddie was listening. Now they're coming for both of us. How do they know where I am? They are in Milton West. They could have sent a letter with an RFID chip in the envelope. Oh yeah, that would be good. Or they could have just sent someone to follow you when you walk on from the exchange. Oh, that's easy. So, I'm going with you now to the underground? Yes. And I have to trust you because there's no choice? Right. Fine. Can I still keep doing my show? Obviously, why not? Great. Hey, what's your name? I'm called La Pera, or the Pear. The Bear? No. Pear. Like the fruit. Oh. Okay. Seems like there should be a story behind that. There is. Okay. So, it turns out that my neighbor is part of the underground. I'll describe that for you in a minute. But the move. Even in the best of times, it's not great. And we didn't leave at the best of times. It was nighttime. I only had a few minutes to grab my stuff. I didn't get all of it. I got all the uh, recording stuff, but not my bike. I wasn't going to ride that at night. Or any of my books. I guess I'll just have to remember what was in them. And that defeats the whole purpose of having it written down. I did get a few tubes of my anchovy paste, though. We set off at night. Nighttime. I could hear chewing sounds. Tiny rat mouths. Or other small mammalian mouths. What happens if a rat bites you now? It was never good, but the plague is probably the least of your worries these days. I didn't know where to step. I haven't been out at night in many years now. One thing I'll say for going out at night, uh, light pollution is definitely a thing of the past. Without artificial light, the night sky is really bright. It's a wonder. Without artificial light, the sky is all lit up. But the ground is pitch black. You can see all the constellations you might know. But you can't see your hand in front of your face. We stumble through the dark. I would have crawled. But the rats. I don't know what direction we went in. It occurs to me now that I could have used the stars as a guide if I knew any stars. I don't know how far we went. I do know that we passed near a park. We were close enough to see one of their bonfires. I could see them, dark figures encircling it. At first they were moving. They were in concentric circles, moving in opposing directions. Kind of like a medieval dance, if you know what that is. Even though we were too far away for them to see us or hear us, they stopped. They all turned at once to face us. They didn't chase us, of course, but we ran. 
The whole time I was running, I had the thought, not now, but soon enough. I don't know if it came from me or from them, but it felt true and certain. It was almost comforting. I stopped running. After groping our way in the dark for however long, again, uh, the position of the stars might have told me that, but I have no idea what time the stars are supposed to be in what place, we made our way to the underground. The underground. It really is underground, in the sense that I've never heard of it. It doesn't seem like anyone has. That's weird. In all those movies and books where there's an underground, people seem generally aware that it exists, even if they don't know where it is exactly or who's in it. That's usually the plot. The hero knows about the underground, joins the underground, is betrayed, finds out that the underground has been infiltrated, which shouldn't be a surprise, since everybody knows about it. The hero, who's usually kind of connected, but not that well-connected, knows about the underground. He should assume that the government does, too. I mean, if the government is doing their job, which in these stories is repression, they should know everything there is to know about it. That's fiction, but even in real life, people know about undergrounds. For instance, everyone in the U.S. knew about the Underground Railroad. It was no secret that lots of slaves were escaping, and they had help in an organization along the way. Nobody knew exactly who and where until many years later when people started putting up plaques that said this farmhouse was a stop on the Underground Railroad. As a tourist, if you saw that... You would just have to take it on faith. I mean, I'm pretty sure slaves ran off in all directions and probably stopped wherever they could. The country was basically empty then, kind of like it is now. What was I saying? Am I comparing something to slavery? Why would I do that? Do people still get that analogy? No, uh, I'm describing the underground. Right, they are a real secret, unlike the Underground Railroad, which was an open secret. I'd never heard of them. Now I've heard so much about them, it's a jumble. Here's what I know. Number one, and I'm giving these numbers to help you keep track of them. It's not a countdown, and I don't know how many points I have. I hope there's more than two. Uh, So, number one. The underground is a loosely organized resistance to the authority. That makes sense. There's nothing else to resist. Number two, they turned against the authority, not just because of all the arbitrary rules, which, well, I'll talk more about the authority later. Uh, We're still on number two. They also believe the authority has been infiltrated by the whisperers. Apparently, that was the message that my neighbor the pair was trying to get out. 
find that very unlikely. The Whisperers don't need any help, unless, well, maybe, uh, I, I don't want to think about what they might be capable of or not capable of. Number three, I was told I could say this. The underground is planning to make more bold statements. Maybe not direct attacks, but maybe direct attacks. I don't know. This could be misdirection. Maybe they're asking me to say this so the authority will think they're planning direct attacks or so the authority will know that they want them, the authority, to think that they're planning direct attacks. I mean, this could go on and on. Anyway, there's that. Number four, they're mostly hippies. That's the main thing here, wherever I am. For example, I asked them if they had an exchange, and someone said, we have an exchange of ideas. I guess that means we won't be talking about many movies. They have a reasonable infrastructure. There's power, I can't say from where, and also water. They're also doing organic farming. I'll be helping out with that. Organic. I haven't heard that word in a while. It meant a way of growing things without using certain kind of, kinds of chemicals, I think. There were laws about labeling things organic that I guess made almost anything organic. And of course the word organic means carbon-based, so everything we ate was organic. Um, what I do know is that it cost more. I remember uh, I had a friend who summed up what organic meant to him. He said, I don't know if it's healthier. I don't know about pesticides or fertilizer. I just don't want to eat food that poor people have touched. And he went on, I just imagine like some old guy with messed up teeth picking up an apple and like huffing on it with his breath and then rubbing that off on his greasy old coat and putting that back and then me putting that apple in my mouth. No way. I buy organic. I'm pretty sure he was joking, but also not joking. So I'll be farming. I don't know what that means. I still feel very uncertain about eating things that grow now. Uh, the, the hippies, the underground, assured me that they have uh, clean soil to grow it in. And they even test the vegetables on rats. They give this stuff to rats, and if the rats don't die, they eat them. They eat the vegetables, not the rats. But this testing, I don't know. I mean, it's not just death. You might give some carrots or whatever to a rat, and he's fine for a few days. He doesn't die, so you eat the carrots. And then two weeks later, you find out that the rat has metal ears or that he can communicate with you telepathically. What do you do then? Kill yourself? Wait to see what happens? It doesn't look like I have much of a choice. I'm not sure where I would find canned food around here. And I typically have an escort. Well, that's enough about the underground for now. I'm sure I'll have more 
not gripes, but I'll have more information in the coming weeks and more announcements about what might be a revolution. Now, the authority. We're still able to get their announcements. I have a few this week. I won't read the one about certain fugitives or the survey about how you get your entertainment media delivered. I'll ask you not to answer that survey. I will read this. Seniors, prepare the way for the next generation. Save us the trouble of finding you, and we'll lighten your family's workload. Self-redemption means your work credit will be applied to any of your surviving family or domestic partners. Simply create a sign that says self-redeemed. Affix it securely to your body in a way that's visible. We recommend permanent marker. And then redeem yourself at your convenience. Stop waiting for us to find you. Stop waiting for death to find you. You know both are inevitable. Self-redeem in the next two months and we'll apply a 15% bonus of work credits to your loved ones. Okay? Then there's a list of a number of ways to self-redeem that are pretty grim. Now that's the authority. They don't seem like the whisperers to me. I lived under their shadow for so long, and I guess I still do, but I feel I can tell the truth about them now. I remember an old saying, if you're going to tell people the truth, you better make them laugh. Otherwise they'll kill you. That sounds good at first, but not really if you think of it in any specific situation. Imagine you're married to someone. Let's say you're the wife. Your husband comes home and you tell him a hard truth. You say, I'm pregnant by the neighbor. If you were to tickle him after telling him that, I don't think he would be any less likely to kill you. Anyway, the authority wants me redeemed now, whatever I say. I don't think they're whisperers. I think they're control freaks. I've talked about that before. Why do control freaks always end up in control? The truth is, they want it more. I've spent my whole life, before the calamities and after the calamities, wondering what it is they get out of it. It's not a feeling I can relate to. Unless it's like when I was a small child and I had a remote control car or a toy robot. It was fun to watch a thing carry out my commands. It was fun as a small child, but it seems to be the only thing these people enjoy. You can try to please a control freak for a while. You know, you carry out a few minor orders just to give them that sweet, sweet fix of power, but it's never enough. That's the problem with the authority. It will never be enough. So I guess, why not? I can say I'm glad to be in the underground now that I know it exists and I'm here and I have no way of getting out of it. I'm glad and I believe we can get something better going. I think these hippies can really put together a utopia that will last until the next batch of control freaks figure out a way to take it over. But I'll probably be dead by then probably won't be dead before next week.
when I'll see you for another episode of the world's last podcast.